0: This is brunch with the Hollowells, and to start us off is a quote from Sean.
1: Luca, Luca, Lula, double, 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 double. <laughs> that's my quote.
0: No, that's not. That's my quote. That is not your quote. That's my quote. You need. Who who is this? Who who says just that? And first of all, you needed to go like spy and maneuver and try and sneak this quote in. Yeah. What who is this?
1: This is from one of the greatest sagas of all time, and it's the greatest of the saga. It's Return of the Jedi, and this is Logre, the witch doctor of the Ewoks.
0: <laughs> so dumb. Okay. <laughs> Go into more detail as to who this character is and why you just said the quote you just said.
1: Because he's an Ewok. He only talks Ewokese, so I had to get the
0: dialect down. But it was like three sounds. Like, did you... Okay. No, fair enough. Do you know what he said? No. Okay. Well, what is it about this witch doctor that you like so much? Because... Rob, I know not
1: everybody would agree with me on this, but I love the Ewoks. I think they're so much fun, and I love the Ewok movies. There's two of them. I agree with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, Ewoks are cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I thought, you know, today at work, I was like, who am I going to honor today? And I was like, he's a witch doctor. That counts. And he's an Ewok, so it's different, and I get to call attention to him.
0: Definitely. No, witch doctors do count. That's great. Very out of the box today, Sean. Thank you. I applaud you. Welcome, everyone. This is Brunch with the Hollowells. I am Rob, the Charm fanatic, here with Sean, the newbie, who I am introducing Charm to one episode at a time. Say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, before we start our show and recap, Sean has a story to tell about one of our Charmies. (laughs) So, I got a message the other day
1: from Tobias Burning, which. I kind of feel like he should get that checked out. Like, there shouldn't be Bernie. (laughs) But um, he was commenting on our episode um, where Prue and Phoebe get turned into kids. Are they act like kids? Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time, that episode. And he was telling me he thought it was hysterical when we were acting like kids. We got
0: a lot of good feedback about that. Did we? Yes. Very nice. Yeah.
1: But what was funny is he's like, you made me laugh so hard, I almost spit out my mimosa. So I was like, oh, that's I pretty funny. I did read that. Yeah, yes, I did read that. But then he's like, Sean, it's really creepy because 10 seconds, not even 10 seconds after I wrote that, IG is watching us. I was like, why? What happened? He, and he sent me a screenshot of a shirt that he got an ad for. It was Hermione Granger, and it said, it's pronounced Mimosa, not Mimosa.
0: Yeah, those shirts are like creepy as hell. Just predicting everything that we say and just putting it on a shirt. I get that all the time.
1: Well, the funniest part is we talked a little bit longer, and then he's like, Sean, I'm really mad right now because I really want this shirt. I was like, I know it's a good (laughs) shirt.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, artists all the time will create anything that they want and put it on a website for people to buy and put it on anything that they want. And so something like that, I don't know if Warner Brothers made. It's basically just an artist who like that Powerpuff shirt that I showed you. That's amazing. I'm buying it. Oh. I'm so buying it because if you go on to the website, you can get it in so many different colors. I'm so buying that shirt. But that's from an artist. Powerpuff Girls company did not make that. Cartoon Network did not make it. It's 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 Literally just an artist who well, just decided to just make some fun.
1: There's a law where if it's obvious that it's a parody, then you can sell it.
0: That's cool. That's really good to know.
1: But let me know what color shirt you get. Because if I get a different color, it doesn't count of us having the same so shirt. So it
0: will either be the black one or um, there was a lighter color, like the the literal color that I sent you in the post. It'll probably be one of those two. Should we describe to them
1: what we're talking about?
0: Yes. <laughs> So I came across a shirt or a poster. I didn't know it was a shirt. I had to look it up. But I came across a poster. And it was the Powerpuff Girls in their respective poses. And the Powerpuff Girls were the Sanderson sisters. And if you notice, the Powerpuff Girls has red, blonde, and brunette hair. So it was a perfect fitting. And each Powerpuff Girl is... With their respective broom. So, you know, Winnie has the broom, Sarah has the mop, and, you know, Mary has the vacuum. And then it says the Sanderson girls <laughs> instead. And the font and the drawing uh, is exactly like Powerpuff Girls, but with the Sanderson sisters just put in. And it's amazing. And I am buying this fucking shirt. It looks so cool. I yeah, love it.
1: It's pretty hot. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yes. Great story from one of our charmies. I love that. And again, we appreciate the feedback. That was such a last second idea to just act like kids. We almost didn't do it because we just kept laughing, but we pushed through and yeah, it was fun. I thought I liked how it turned out. Yeah, it was fine. So today we are doing season three, episode five, Sight Unseen. So this episode, air date, was November 2nd, 2000. Uh, written by William Schmidt. Directed by Perry Lang. We have some guest stars. Bodie Ann Bliss as Abby. We have the Rick Hurst. A soap opera, like, he is a he is an expert. Like, this man's been on Guiding Light, General Hospital, Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful, Um. One, one, what's that? One day in the lives. I can't remember. One one oh I forget the name of, of our lives. Yes. Days of our lives. days of our lives. Days of our lives. Days of our lives. I don't know where I got one from. I'm thinking one day at a time. That's what I'm thinking of. Anyways. He, yes, he definitely has the face of a soap opera actor, uh, as Troxa. And then we have Eddie Cahill as Sean. Sean did not recognize him right away, but that's because he's not that far into the series. I don't know, I don't remember which season he pops up, but um, he is from Friends, and you just started Friends?
1: Yes, I've never watched Friends all the way through before, so I started a few weeks ago. I'm on season six, actually, so I've been watching it pretty fast. That's
0: so funny, he has not shown up yet. How many seasons does Friends have? Ten. He, no, maybe, maybe next season, or maybe later in this season. I don't know, he should have shown up. Really? I'll have to look him up, I'll look him up. And special musical guest, Marvelous Three. Never heard of them. You're kidding. Did you listen to rock music back in the 90s? No. Apparently not. They were pretty popular back were then. Were they really? Yeah. Oh. I recognize that name. Then we have co-starring uh Nick Meany as the Snake Hunter, a.k.a. trying to be like, what's his face? I forget that Australian... Alligator Man, Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> no, that's not his name. I forget his name.
1: Um, I, I think know it you're comes up. It comes
0: up in the episode. We'll read about it later. Okay, okay. let's let's get to it. So Phoebe is at P three with Piper, and per his date, Sean waits. uh, What is this? Forlornly. Forlorn. What the fuck is that? Just like. Sadly. I love how you know the na- like the definition of this. I've never heard of this word in my life. No, never? No. How did you learn about it? Because I read. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> I don't read, so fair enough. Okay, Boom. so what does it mean now? Like forlorn is like being sad and alone. Okay. So he waits for lone for lone forlornly at the bar. <laughs> Ever since the sisters' latest trip to the past. Prue has been obsessed, obsessed about finding out who the Triads sent after them. So Piper complains that she can't get close to Leo because she feels that they are watching. And they've tried to have sex two nights in a row only to um, have him abruptly orb out. So Phoebe has her own guy troubles. She's getting impatient with how it seems Cole is only flirting with her. And so Piper calls Prue who is on the other side of town and Prue wants to tell them what she found out about the village in colonial Virginia where Melinda Warren was born. But Piper is more interested whether she'll make it to P3 to meet up with Sean. So Prue, however, wants to do some more digging at home, even though she is disappointed. She missed the date. um, Tells Piper to tell Sean that she's hung up at work and Piper just sends Sean on his way. And he walks off like super disappointed and sad and kind of sucks. So it is it was told to us that Sean was waiting a little over an hour for her. Sean, how long are you waiting for a date for somebody on yeah, first date, an hour? Like, do you wait an hour? When and when is your cutoff to where you're like done? I'm leaving.
1: Um, you know what this actually happened to me. Um, I met a guy in Glendale. And he was about 45 minutes late. And I was like, all right, I understand. The next time we met up, I was picking him up at the train station over an hour
0: late. You told me about this. Yeah, I never saw him again. You told me about this. Weird. I don't put up with that shit. Weird. Weird, weird. Okay, so good you learned your lesson after the second one. It really depends where I'm at. Mm. And usually if I meet up with someone there's something to be on time for. Does that make sense? Like a movie or we have a reservation or we're getting food somewhere or we're going to some show, something that warrants you being here on time. Mm -hmm. So if you don't, I am royally pissed Mm -hmm. and you will know. Um, Other than that, if it's like a bar setting, 30 minutes is all you get. If I don't get a text letting me know where the fuck you are, I'm leaving after a half hour.
1: Yeah, I'm about the same way. So
0: it's, I don't know if in the 90s or maybe it was just Sean that, you know, you kind of wait until, cause cell phones existed. So you could call and be like, whatever. But he left kind of drunk, whatever. So we have that. Now let's go to Phoebe. So she's in this flirtating tango, is what she called it. Between uh, Cole and it seems that both of them will not make the first move. What is it about knowing the fact that you know the other's interested, but yet still there's this uncertainty and nobody's willing to just blurt it out, do something about it? There's just this back and forth.
1: Okay, I'm very much like Phoebe when it comes to this. I get scared. Like, I overthink it. Like, oh, what if I make a move and they're not ready? What if I scare them away? What if I'm wrong? Even when it's super obvious, I still get all these weird thoughts in my head, and it's really hard for me to make a move.
0: So what is it that's going to push you to do something about it? Or not even do something, just talk about it, I guess, maybe.
1: Usually, I'm the one who does eventually break the ice. Um... But I'm really nervous when I have to do it. It's fine.
0: Understandable. I, I, for one, you know, I'm nervous too. Like I'm very hesitant on making first moves as well. However however, when I am interested in somebody and they're flirting back, I don't know. I there's not one specific thing that I'm looking for. I just I just need to know that my probability, my chances are higher than usual and If it doesn't work, I know that I wasn't mistaken. Like, they're either fucking around with me or whatever the case. I just know that I I look for... Like, so put it this way. I don't hit on men at bars, ever. You will never see me go up to somebody unless I get a direct smile and eye contact from them. Then all bets are off. Do I guarantee that something's going to come out of it? No, not at all. But... I know that I have enough courage to know that, hey, I got to look from you. That gives me a reason to say hi. Um, As far as making first moves, like, you know what you came over (laughs) for. (laughs) Here's an
1: example, actually. This just happened. There's this guy at work. He doesn't work in the same department with me, but I've seen him around, and we have a mutual friend. So through this mutual friend, she told me that he thinks I'm hot. I think he's hot. He's a straight guy. He's never messed with a gay guy before.
0: I know this story. You do? Mm-hmm.
1: We went out to Korean barbecue on Friday, and he was flirting with me hardcore. What does that mean? Like, he said something like, I'll touch anything you want me to. And I leaned back and put my hands behind my head He's and stupid. just resented. stupid. <laughs> stupid. Okay, but, like, I don't know how open he is to towards everybody else. So then I didn't know like what was allowed, and I was gonna try and get his phone number like privately while we were leaving, but the way the whole group dynamic happened, he rushed off, and he you didn't... weren't at work, no, we weren't at work, okay, we were at Korean barbecue for Got our it. coworker's birthday, okay, so like in that situation, it was hard to make a move because he ran off, and I was saying goodbye to my coworker whose birthday it was mm-hmm. so stuff like that happens too,
0: yeah, yeah. All right, well, moving on, let's go to Piper's situation. She thinks people up there are watching them. So, Sean, we've talked in the past. Do we believe in ghosts? Do we believe in the heavens? Do we believe in a higher being, somebody watching over us? Do you ever think that they're literally watching over us, our every move?
1: I do think there's ghosts. I don't think there's anything like watching us 24-7. And even if there is, like, they've seen it already. You know what I mean?
0: They like, have. So that doesn't weird you out at all, the way Piper is taking this? No. I mean, she has literal proof that there are beings up there that could be watching them. But, I mean, to go through life like that, that would be very weird. And you wonder, people who are, like, super hardcore into believing in ghosts... How do they feel comfortable just doing whatever they do when they're like, my mom could be watching me and blah, 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 you know? Well, yeah. And some people
1: see ghosts. So, like, what if you're having sex and a ghost just walks in the room? What do you do?
0: <laughs>
1: the ghost is like, Phoebe.
0: Oh, didn't oh. know somebody was in here. <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Here's my question, though. So, these they people are looking down and watching Piper get it on, but they're not watching Cole at all? They don't see that he's evil? They're not warning the yeah, sisters? Yeah,
0: so, I mean, that just goes back to Leo's theory. Like, they don't watch all the time, and it's, you know, the whole privacy thing. And, you know, I mean, Piper obviously was more paranoid than anything. You know, the two coincidences of Leo being called while they're doing it. But, um yeah, it's... Yeah, it's just one of those things that we just have to just take for, you know, for what it is and just know that they're not. I guess there's a bit of an agreement to where, you know, you don't watch us. We don't watch you. They could be witnessing the but I don't know. That's a really good question. If but it's not
1: said on this show, it didn't happen. I know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Okay. Prue goes to the manor and finds
1: the front door open and every mirror broken. An unseen figure jumps on her and knocks Prue over the couch. Prue flings it through a window. Cue the credits.
0: So you saw a literal thing come after her, and uh-huh. she was pushed out of the window. Like, no thoughts on that whatsoever, right? I mean, yes, it could be a demon, right? It could be a demon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so there was that. Continue. Thank you. Don't interrupt me again. <laughs>
1: After the others arrive, Daryl checks the house and finds nothing missing. He dusts some fingerprints and asks the sisters for a list of any enemies they might have. Prue is way ahead of him, but the list she gives Daryl has a bunch of demons the sisters previously faced. Prue heads up to the attic and finds the door unlocked. Daryl is worried that the sisters are too cavalier about their security, but Prue points out that they have their powers to protect them. Piper and Phoebe don't want to rule out a human culprit, but Prue instead calls for Leo and asks him to find out all he can about the triad. She's convinced it's the same demon who tried to take the Book of Shadows two weeks earlier. Piper and Leo exchange playful glances.
0: I love that. They're so flirty during this. Piper doesn't care. She's like, I don't give a shit what's going on Prue. I see my man. (laughs) Look at him. Look at all cute coming in here. All orvin and shite. (laughs) Um, so if you recall back in episode two, Prue was all about locking the door, keep the door locked. You have to keep the door locked. We don't want anything getting in. And remember those shapeshifters just kept rolling in. Yep. Now all of a sudden she's got powers for three years. She's like, fuck it. I don't need to lock a door. I got my powers. Yep. Let somebody try and come in here. Through the conqueror. I whatever. So yeah, there's been a bit of a shift since she received her powers, and um, I'm. What do you think about that? Like there are neighborhoods, suburban neighborhoods, literally don't lock their doors. Yeah, they're okay with neighbors coming in anytime they want without a key. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. 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 I mean, people just have that trust, you know, and they just come in. Oh, hey, it's me. You know, whatever. Like. There was even, like, a TV show way back when when friends would get keys to the other friend's home. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a thing. Do I have a key to your place? Yeah. I, I don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you have to get there first. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about, like, locked doors? Like, do you lock immediately when you enter a home? In our home, we do. You do. You Especially don't with
1: Anthony living there.
0: <laughs> you don't wait till the end of the night to check and lock everything this is the time to turn in. That's when everything gets locked. You lock immediately.
1: Yep. It's locked the second we walk in the door. Is
0: that something that was taught to you or is that just force of habit?
1: Um, My parents don't lock their door, so I wasn't brought up that way, but I've had multiple roommates who do. And it kind of depends on where I live because when we lived with Rachel last year, she almost saw it as a bad thing. Like, why is this door locked? Like, why do I have to use my key to get in if you're home?
0: <laughs> whoa mm-hmm. that's really interesting and lazy but that's very interesting <laughs> no it is because you know like we're home you're, you know you're, we're secure here like but Rachel what if it wasn't you who decided to walk in the door and not use their key like a stranger
1: yeah cause there was actually a killer who did that he would just anybody whose house was open he would take it as an invitation walk in and kill
0: that's so crazy. Yeah, I lock my door immediately. I live in an apartment building. I don't know my neighbors. Anybody could easily just go on patrol and just start flinging doorknobs and just seeing which one opens. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: I lock my door immediately. When I lived with Rachel, I would lock it if I was like only, only one home and I was going to like take a shower or something or touch myself. <laughs> I'd lock the door so I have some private time. Yeah, yeah. I touch myself, Rob. It's
0: natural. <laughs> So, I mean, Prue feels very powerful with her powers and very confident that she can take care of whoever gets in. but yeah it's a it's a little dangerous and to not lock your door, especially in that house, right. I mean, there's glass everywhere, like I, I don't know it's it's just weird, but okay, moving on. <laughs> the triad summons Cole and tells him of, of their impatience. They have sent another demon, Troxa, after the Charm Ones as assistance, rather than to replace Cole. So back in the manor, Troxa turns invisible on the porch and peeks in on Piper and Leo making out. They talk about Piper's fear that they are being watched at all times, and Leo agrees to give the intimacy a break while he gets information for Prue. So just as Piper and Leo kiss goodbye, Leo orbs out to check on the triad, much to Piper's frustration. And then Traxa finds Prue asleep in the attic with a chart she's made of possible culprits. Truxa tries to smother her with a pillow, but Prue wakes up and swats him across the room. Cole checks up on the sisters and offers to have a patrol car watch the house. And Prue tells them about the latest attack. She's now certain it was a demon, And outside of the front door, uh, Traksha runs into Cole and starts choking him invisible and accuses him of saving the sisters rather than killing them. And so Traksha plans to strike again tomorrow night and does not want Cole there. So, Sean, I don't know if you caught this. So Cole was talking to the triad. He's super pissed that they had somebody back him up. And that he's been with him over a month with over two years of like notes and experience given to him and you have still not killed the sisters. And then he feared like, I don't need you putting somebody else on this job. I was told that if I do this, then you will give me back. And then they cut him off. Mm -hmm. Did you catch this?
1: I noticed the last part, but I didn't really think about it.
0: Okay, so that the plot thickens now. Cole has a deal with them. Mm -hmm. There is something that he is going to get in return for killing the sisters. So he's not doing it out of sheer sport or the fact that he is evil and just ordered. He made a deal. He wants to be human. So it's something to think about. Uh, I also love the fact that Cole is like, you have no idea what kind of evil walks around and wants to get into your home. Who uses evil? Do you use evil when you describe like a bad guy or? (laughs) I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to me, that is clear sign that he is a fucking demon or he knows the supernatural stuff. (laughs) is. Who uses evil? evil? (laughs) You don't know what evil walks around. You're going to vanquish that evilness when he Good comes in? Point. <laughs> I just think that's funny. Um, I also want to point out that I really enjoy the music that they use in this episode. Just the creepy factor of like Troxa, who's invisible and kind of stalking them and sort of getting the upper hand and just kind of creeping around the way the camera's been. Moving. I, I kind of like the episode and, and it's in that way of music. I noticed that
1: too. And what really keyed me into it is, once again, that camera work. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a scene where Cole is outside of the manor. Yeah. And the camera's like up towards the outside light looking down at him. Mm -hmm. And it's so like horror film esque. Yeah. 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 The music.
0: What do you think of Cole's acting the way he was being choked by an invisible being? (laughs) It worked. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. At least
1: as long as it worked. Yeah. But yeah, definitely horror. Theme. That's one of the things that I really liked about this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prue notices her favorite shirt and Grams' necklace missing. Leo orbs in and reports that they know little about the triad except that they are at the highest level on the hierarchy of Aval. Crew gives Piper and Phoebe pairs of sneakers so they'll be better prepared in case of another demon attack.
0: Who has time to put on sneakers? Like, if I see a demon, I'm just going hold up oh, and definitely. put on my sneakers. <laughs> I love it, though. She's trying. I love it. It makes me think of your line from us go get your shoes. Ru- oh, God. I love <laughs> that line so much. You don't see this in horror movies that much, but people are just caught off guard, usually while they're in bed. They don't have time to get dressed. This mom knew some shit was about to go down. Put on your fucking shoes because we about to run. I love that. It's so attention to detail. And I wish more movies would do stuff like that. I just think that's so smart. I love it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Daryl reports that the fingerprints have no match in the FBI database. On hearing about the necklace and the shirt, Daryl suspects a stalker and thinks Sean is the prime suspect. Prue is skeptical, but Daryl points out little things like being stood up can set a stalker off. Troxa goes invisible and sneaks into Cole's office. He picks up a letter opener and is about to stab Cole, but Cole picks up a fire extinguisher and sprays Troxa with it. Cole's done some research. Cole makes him invisible, and he won't even know he's visible since demons can't feel. Troxa vows to come after Cole next after he kills the sisters. Prue does a photo session with a wildlife expert clearly based on Steve
0: Irwin. Steve Irwin, that's the name. That's the name. Mm -hmm.
1: Unseen to her, someone is taking pictures of Prue.
0: Do you think the Steve Irwin thing was like a tribute or um, a mocking? In this episode? Yeah.
1: I would say it was more of a... I would say it's like a healthy balance of both. Okay. Because... They're honoring him by even mentioning him, but then I think when you honor someone, too, you make fun of them a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so.
0: no, I get it. And he was alive back then, so it wasn't total disrespect. Right. Yeah. Um, so, one thing that I pointed out, if those two worked together, Troxa and Cole, I honestly think that the sisters would be dead.
1: Yeah, they'd be unstoppable. I, th-
0: I think the pairing of those two is just enough to catch all of them off guard to where their powers would not be enough. Can you imagine if they had just worked together? Right. This show would be over.
1: Especially since Cole has the sisters trust.
0: Yeah, I really think that they would have lost this, mm-hmm. which is kind of like weird. But I mean, this sudden rivalry, r- r- rivalry between the two of them. Um, Have you ever had a feud like that at work with someone? Was there anyone that like tried to go after a position or a project or, or just, you just have that person at work that's just like, ew. (laughs) Um, Or at any job, like it doesn't even have to be this one.
1: I did have a person at my current job and it was awkward because there were two lesbians who were married working in the same department, which I don't think you're even supposed to let happen. But one of them's really cool, and the other one's super. Okay. And she used to like tattle on everything. Oh wow. Okay. And we have actually the same mutual friend who I was saying happy birthday to, once told me like, dude, she just went and yelled all about you to one of the leads, Jesus. and she's like, I'm her friend, but when it comes to work, like, I don't play. I just wanted you to know.
0: <laughs> now, does this pay off in her for her? Like, is she higher up? Is she getting points? Like what? Like, is she getting anything out of being this...
1: I think the two wives and myself, what we have in common is we all have been supervisors at past jobs, so we all want to get to that at this job, but um, I think they just saw me as a rival, but I'm newer than them, so of course I'm making more mistakes because I was still learning, but she eventually got fed up and quit, so I won that battle, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, right?
0: (laughs) So... Daryl brings up the idea of it being a human stalker, not a demon. We know Troxa is there. We know he exists. But there was still a figure that literally went swinging out of a window from Prue. All the mirrors are broken. It does not add up. Sean, was there any thought at all as to what was going on? If not, if not. You were just watching. But again, like... There's there's a possible stalker. Did you think that was even possible for this show?
1: The only thing that crossed my mind, (laughs) and you made fun of me, is they mentioned Callie in the beginning. (laughs) And I I thought, isn't Callie the one who was in the mirrors? Yes. Yeah,
0: so I thought it was going to have to do with that. So they probably just threw that in for idiots like me to fool us. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to point out, Charmies, that if you are not watching the show you... YOU on Netflix right now, starring Penn beigley You are missing out. I need all of you to watch this show. It is about a stalker, but a almost sympathetic one. You actually want him. You like him. You feel sorry for him. You actually want him to succeed. Is this season two on? No, not yet. Oh, okay, okay. I'm just reminding people to watch the first yeah. season if they haven't. It is still on Netflix. It is so good. It is so good. Did you finish it? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I love this show. Anyways, if this episode at all was good to you, watch that show. It is so good. You get literally the eyes view of what a stalker goes through when he picks his obsession. It's so creative and it's, I just love it. So yeah, watch that if you can. Phoebe enters a back room at P3 looking for Piper And finds her making out with Leo, who I wish had chest hair. I don't know if I dug the whole smooth chest that he was sporting, but kudos to Piper for trying to get it on at work while she's on the clock, too. Um, This does not help Piper's anxiety at all about being watched, though. So they get interrupted and she decides, like, I'm still not ready anyway, so it's okay. Back at the bar, the two sisters meet Prue. And so she has set a demon trap with the book as bait at the manor, and is carrying a crystal to let her to that will glow when the trap is sprung. Um, it reminded me of Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> you know how you get those buzzers mm-hmm. that lets you know when your table's ready. <laughs> I just love. I just. I don't know. It made me think of that. So Sean comes to P three and Prue leaves um, to spend time with him. And so, meanwhile, Cole enters the manor, and finding nobody home, he opens all the windows and turns on the air conditioner, and um, he shimmers into the attic and tries to steal the book of shadows. The trap then springs, and he briefly turns into Belthazar because he's being electrocuted, and then Prue's crystal glows. <laughs> I love it. She's like, oh. Oh, it worked. And then just leave Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a goodbye. And we don't even get to see Sean's reaction either. He's just like, okay, God stood up again. <laughs> Poor thing. Um, so the sisters hurry away and leave Sean uh, slack-jawed. So... Cletus, the slack jaw yokel. I love that song. I love that song. <laughs> so... Full disclosure, <laughs> I have had sex at the workplace <laughs> You dirty whore. M- multiple times at multiple jobs. Wow. I know you have, Sean. Come on now. What? Never. Don't disappoint me. Not even in the bathroom. Come I on now. I used to
1: work in a kitchen, and I got sucked off in that kitchen. There you
0: go. <laughs> there you go. Right by the food, too, you nasty. on the food. You're gross. No, i just kidding. Nope. There's
1: no food by that
0: time. I, like, no shade on Piper. If, if there's a room to do it in, take advantage of it. I don't care. I don't have a thing about doing it at work. It just so happens to just have an opportunity, and I took it. Mm. I almost got caught once, though. Wow. But it was, like, super close. I was walking back as they were walking towards me, and if they had walked back maybe 30 seconds earlier, I would have gotten caught. But Wow. Still got away with it, though. Mm. <laughs> Do you happen to remember... Um, every guy that you met off of an app or in person. So they're asked to compile a list of all the possible enemies, Phoebe hands Piper, a three page list of every guy she's met in New York. Are you capable of making this list? Do you happen to know everyone?
1: I feel like I could make a pretty comprehensive list, but I feel like I want to get everybody. And it's always that one person you forget that don't even think about. That's like, you know, oh, I misspelled a word, and they're like, I want to fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, right? I couldn't. I couldn't. There's no. no way. I I tried to keep a, well, not keep a list, but, like, a list in my head and just try and remember, like, every guy that I met, but, nope, didn't work. At a certain point, I just lost count.
1: One of my exes told me that Chris and I were number 84 and 85 on his list. Really? Yeah. I'm
0: sure you know who that was. Yeah, I know who that was. was. Did that... Do anything for you like turn off or anything? Yeah, huge turn off. Yeah, I hmm, to know the number yeah. and 85. That's funny.
1: And he showed me a bunch of pictures of all these guys that he had sex
0: with. And I was like, Really? You're doing this right now? <laughs> You're funny. That's funny. Um, so Prue goes to Sean, tries to make amends. Sean reads Prue for filth in the most like nicest shade I've ever heard. And I love it. I love it. She, he totally just let her know, like, check, you had me sitting here. I had so many drinks waiting for you. It was that long. And Prue accepts it. She doesn't get all like uppity about it and be like, how dare you? You know, like she admits to her mistake and tries to brush it off and say, hey, I want to make it up to you. If you were stood up the way Prue did to Sean, would you agree to another date?
1: You know what? I'm probably more understanding than I should be. I gave one guy three chances.
0: Well, I mean, in your story, you did mention you tried to pick him up again from the station. So I'm oh, assuming no, no, not that, that was not that
1: guy. It was another guy. Okay. He like invited me to hang out with him and his boyfriend in Pride, and then I showed up there, and he's like, "Oh, we just left." And then he invited me to his roommate's party and then never even contacted me and then invited me over another time. And I contacted him to be like, hey, are we doing this? He's like, no, I'm tired today. At that point, I'm like, really? Three times. Like, yeah, that's not good. That's not good.
0: Well, what about when they do show up? Would you shade them like Sean did? Yeah. Yeah. You would, you would let them know like, dude, last time you kind of fucked up. Or... Yeah,
1: because if you don't say anything, then you're like allowing that to keep happening to you. So here, if here. you don't like it and not saying it, then you're just going to constantly be a victim of it. Here,
0: here, I would not recommend anyone just full on using the second date as a way to make them feel bad about the first. But just be like, dude, you know, acknowledge what you did before. No, I, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, in the okay. nicest way possible. But yes, I, I would totally say something, too.
1: Mm-hmm. The sisters wearing the
0: sneakers
1: Prue gave them. Everybody got their sneakers on? I love it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Enter the attic and find Cole in the trap. Prue suspects that Cole is a demon. <laughs> Cole claims that he thought the house was broken into and leaves angrily. Phoebe finds a box of flowers on the porch and brings them inside. She's very angry at Prue, but Prue remembers that Cole has lately had a habit of being around for magical emergencies. Phoebe scoffs at the notion and thinks Phoebe has lost it. Piper notices the package. Prue opens it and finds the flowers all dead and worm infested. Convinced that Sean is the stalker, Phoebe heads off to call Daryl, but Prue finds it hard to believe Sean is so unhinged to stalk her, but Piper thinks Prue is getting tunnel vision. Cole meets Troxa outside and tells him that he is welcome to go after the sisters. <laughs> As Troxa goes invisible, Cole tells him that the key is getting the book.
0: <laughs> so I wrote a big hell no. If it's I felt, all in caps. Hell no. If I found Cole upstairs in the... Tr- like, fuck you. And dude, if you're not a demon... That's even worse. What are you doing in my fucking home? You are a lawyer. You do not have powers. You do not have like strength. You call the cops and you tell them somebody broke into our home. That's bullshit. I would be like demon, demon, demon.
1: Right. And this already happened to them. I think it was last season. wasn't Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't trust this.
0: I would not trust that at all. I mean, no, no offense to Phoebe, but like really, dude, I find you and he saw the book. Mm -hmm. Like he's up in the attic. That was just, that's just some weird shit. There's no way you can like get out of that. Like hell no. But anyways, that happened. (laughs) So we now have this debating like, oh, is Cole a demon? Prue thinks so. Phoebe doesn't. Do you like the fact that you know already that Cole's a demon or would you have preferred us to find out later, especially in situations like this? where us as the viewers could be, like, in this in-between of, is he, you know, I don't know, or do you like the fact that you know now? Is it better for storytelling?
1: That's an interesting question you pose, Rob. Um, I actually think it might have been more interesting if we didn't know, because then we'd have these little trails, like, why was he in the attic? And I could see people, as they're watching it, debating, like, Kind of like what happened with Snape when Mm -hmm. Snape killed Dumbledore. Some people thought he was good, some bad, and there are huge debates over it. Mm -hmm. I could see that happening with Cole, but since we already know, it's just, yeah, he is.
0: Yeah, I I wonder how certain scenes or how much of the show he would be in if we didn't know. Because there's a lot of scenes of him as we get to see his plan from, from his point of view. You know, we get to see him execute certain things. And I just wonder what his part would be. Would it be a bigger part? Would we even like him if he just kind of came in as a human each time? I mean, just remove all the scenes where we know he's a demon. I just wonder how that would play out.
1: I think it could have been interesting if they, like, say, partnered him with Daryl so that he has a reason to be around without the demon scenes. Yeah, And still he'd get to know the sisters. He'd get to know Daryl. And then we'd still be able to have him and have the debate.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So, again, got to point out, my girl, I love this. So, as Cole and Pru are arguing about the fact that she has this supposed metaphoric loaded shotgun with a string attached to the doorknob, Piper is just like, is anybody, like, freezing in here? Why is the AC up? My electric bill is going to be up. I just love how she's just continuing not to read the room at all. There is a hostile man pissed off. He got hurt. And she's like, it is freezing. I'm hungry. We need to go to the store and get food. My nipples are so hard. I just remembered we ran out of milk. Like, she... Doesn't care. I love this woman. She does not give two (laughs) shits. Or either that, I don't know, maybe it was a way for her to deflect, like, this is awkward. I don't want to be in this room right now with these two arguing. But she, but like literally posed a question as if nothing else was going on in the room. I love it.
1: Well, I could see like they wanted to set up this whole mystery of why would somebody turn on the air and all that stuff. But they didn't really answer the question in this episode. They posed it, but.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: Leo orbs in just as Piper and Phoebe are closing the windows, holding a giant Hershey's kiss for Piper. Troxa enters the manor as the sisters and Leo close the windows. In the attic, Prue notices Troxa's reflection in a broken mirror and flings him into the wall. The impact turns Troxa visible and he leaps at Prue, but Prue shoves him into the trap. Piper, Phoebe, and Leo rush in just as Prue is making Troxa talk. He reveals the triad sent Balthazar after them as well, then suddenly goes up in flames. Phoebe apologizes for doubting Prue earlier. The sisters and Leo find Troxa in the book and notice that cold cancels out his invisibility. Prue realizes that if someone hadn't turned off the air conditioning and opened the window, she might have never seen Troxa. Leo tells the sisters that from what he knows about Balthazar, they'll need all the help they can get. The sisters find Balthazar in the book, and Phoebe recognizes him as a demon who tried to take the book two weeks earlier. Leo orbs out to alert them. Phoebe notices Cole's name written on Prue's chart and makes Prue promise to call Cole and apologize tomorrow morning.
0: (laughs) So Prue developing uh, pictures in her dark room and notices several, several pictures of her among them. While Prue wonders where those pictures could have come from, an unseen attacker shoves her face in one of the chemicals and drags her off. And so at this point, Charmies, I pause the DVD and I turn to Sean and I go, who is that? You set me up, you bastard. I sure did. Yeah, you had no idea. Um, You just assumed it was Troxa again, even though he was taken away. Mm -hmm. But no clue whatsoever. Mm -mm. All right. Well, and
1: I especially didn't think so because it looked like a man whenever (laughs) Fru was attacked.
0: Really? You thought so? Yeah. No, no, no. I can see that. I can see that. So then the next morning, Phoebe um, uses that the stalker is still out there, even though Troxa is gone. Much of what happened the night before doesn't fit a demon's usual M.O., so she calls Prue's cell phone, and the stalker proves to be Abby. Mm-hmm. And we got, oh, you remember who Abby was. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't her first appearance either. Do you remember Abby in, in other episodes? No. So once upon a time, when Piper was super pissed that Leo was gone and taken from her, and she's at the bar, and she keeps getting hurt from the trolls, and she keeps spilling stuff. And Abby's like, okay, I got it. I got it. Don't worry. Oh, go okay. She, so she's been there for quite a bit.
1: So they heard me on one of the earlier episodes. when so back in time. And were like, Sean's caught on to us. Whenever we introduce somebody new, it's them. So they put her in other episodes.
0: <laughs> right Um, So, yes. It's Abby, uh, the bartender from P3. So she has tied Prue up in the manor basement. So... This is what's funny, and I really wanted to say something, but I couldn't because technically it's a whodunit and whatever. But they kind of gave it away if you were paying attention and know the idea of TV tropes and the way that they film. So when Prue got this epiphany or idea to set a trap at home, she got it from that animal guy at work. And while she was working and taking photos of him doing his, you know, snake thing, there was the stalker taking photos of her in the bushes. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that. So as soon as that happened and we see a picture of Prue, it transitions, it transition and blurs right to Abby. Okay, right to her. And Phoebe comes to the bar and like says her name twice. Like, Abby, hey, Abby. And it was like, you are clearly telling us who the stalker is right now. (laughs) And yeah, but I wanted to say something, but I couldn't. But I wanted to sound cool. And damn it, I couldn't do it. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So Abby answers the phone and pretends to be Prue um, on the road. And she has become obsessed with Prue and wants to become her. And so she even puts on Prue's missing shirt and a dark brown wig. Abby pulls a gun and wonders how she got flung through the window the other night. And so Prue flings Abby across the basement with the squint of her eyes. And then Abby lands against a shelf, which falls on top of her. And then Prue then pins her to the ground with a table and all sorts of other things as she tries to escape. And so, still partly blinded, she flings glass at Abby's face and stumbles up the stairs.
1: So, this kind of idea like terrifies me because you really don't know anybody around you or what they're doing or what they're into. And, like, especially little things. Like, there's this guy I'm talking about work a lot today, but I don't care. I have examples from work. There's this guy at work who every day, he's an older guy, he walks by my desk and he stares at me and he'll walk around the corner and he'll look at me all pissed off looking like, what the fuck did I do to you? And I always think, like, if he were ever to shoot this place up, he'd probably kill me and I wouldn't even know why.
0: Yeah, I said the same thing way back when. um, I think it was like, what, two, maybe three years ago. Do you remember the Belko experiment? Mm Mm-hmm. So that movie is basically a game where the people who are in this office suddenly are trapped inside and they are told that they need to kill someone in 2 hours. Now, obviously this gives a lot of work you know enemies a chance to take out their you know people that they don't like. But I said to my friends I was like this is a very scary you know thing to be involved in because the only person that you know is work person. You don't know them when they walk out of the door. You Mm -hmm. have no idea who they are. All you know is the person that they give you when you're at work. And you have no idea who hates you, who loves you, who stalks you, who's obsessed with you. You have no idea. It's super scary going to work Mm -hmm. and just suddenly being involved in something, you know, because when the shit hits the fan, that's when you find out who leaves the office at five o'clock every day. Yep. Yeah. No, totally creepy.
1: Yeah, for a while, somebody was like moving stuff at my desk too. I never found out who that was. Oh, really? Yeah, but I, I'm like super o- OCD when it comes to that. It's trolls. Because I have figures and stuff all around my desk. So you move anything, I will notice. And it was happening for a while. It was trolls. Probably.
0: It was trolls. Total trolls. <laughs> You're a troll. <laughs> so uh, Daryl calls Piper at P3 and says he has a match for the fingerprints and points out that it's Abby and Piper and Phoebe open Abby's locker at P3 and finds pictures of Prue, Prue's favorite perfume and notes on Prue's movements. And so Phoebe touches one of the pictures and gets a premonition. It's about fucking time. She gets a premonition of Abby shooting Prue and the two depart to the manor. So now Sean, this scene triggered a reaction out of you, especially when Piper was reading the day by days of what Prue is doing. What triggered this? Like, what was it about that particular thing that just got you kind of like worked up?
1: Because that's a, that's a creepy idea that somebody cares enough to not only stalk you, but like write down what you're doing. And I actually had a rep who had to move to, I think South Dakota from California. Cause she had, an ex boyfriend who did that, he would follow her, and she said it was driving her insane because she's like, He's with another girl now, so he has no reason to fixate on me. And she's like, I'll just be at you know the grocery store and he'll just pop up, and that just terrifies me.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, it's creepy. Uh, so Prue hiding in a closet, Astral projects behind Abby, it's about fucking time (laughs) she uses her astral projection. We just completely forgot about this power. But when she astral projected, she didn't have the sores around her eyes. She didn't? No. Oh, wow. So I wonder if you just get a perfect version of yourself when you astral project. That's
1: interesting. She's going to be all like old
0: and overweight and (laughs) astral project like (laughs) hot proof. (laughs) I wonder if that's an oversight. Good eye. Um, But you didn't know it was Abby, though. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So spooked, Abby shoots five times at Astral Prue. But Astral Prue reappears on the other side of the room, and Abby shoots another four times. While Abby is distracted, Prue charges out of the closet (laughs) and tackles Abby. Prue tries to escape, but Abby shoves her into a wall. Prue, still partly blinded, stumbles to the kitchen. So Abby follows her, reloads, and fires. Suddenly the bullet freezes in midair. And then Piper and Phoebe have come to the rescue. God, I love this scene. I love it. I love when Piper just comes in and she's got her hands out. She's like, gotcha, bitch. Oh, she just comes in and saves the day. I freaking love it. And then she grabs the bullet. She's like, (laughs) all pissed off at Abby. Right, that was some Matrix shit. That was very Matrix shit. I love it. God, I love Piper so I wanna much. I want to see Piper fight Neo. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, so Prue then flings um, a still frozen Abby into the cupboard. I mean, she was pissed. Yeah. She hit that cupboard hard. Mm-hmm. I love it. I wanted to ask you about the possibility of being blind. Ugh. Watching Prue go through the house like that, like I would literally go into depression if I lost my sight. Like, I don't know. I see people do it all the time, and I find it very courageous, and I just don't know how... People are in the train, like, super crowded. During rush hour, I I don't know how they do it. It it would really break me if I ended up losing my sight. I don't know how people function.
1: Yeah, that would be really hard for me, because not only do you have to navigate the streets, which would be scary, but... Movies and TV has always been such a big part of my life.
0: I don't know what I would do. I really don't know what I would do. I could not handle it.
1: Marvelous 3 plays at P3 that night. Leo is installing an alarm system. Cole arrives and Prue admits she still doesn't entirely trust him. Prue finally gets an evening with Sean while Phoebe and Cole kiss for the first time. Leo and Piper go to bed after finally having sex, and she yells to them, I hope you enjoyed the show.
0: <laughs> so, uh Prue also admits I have to be one of those women who locks the doors after them. And I mean, I guess that's an apology. I mean, she definitely admits to her mistake, but Prue, I mean Prue, Piper and Phoebe straight up apologized because they accused her that it wasn't a demon and then when they found out there is a human stalker she was just like oh yeah i'm gonna have to start you know locking the door now i would have wanted an actual apology but i mean that's just me yes i agree (laughs) that's just me but um yeah you never know what's out there so sean would you think of sight unseen by the way Way off on your prediction, <laughs> but yeah, what did you think of the episode, the Demon of the Week, just how the episode played out with Sight Unseen being the title?
1: Well, Rob, it had to happen sooner or later. Oh, no. I didn't love this episode. Really? The reason I say that is I feel like it was very like disjointed, and I understand why they did it the way they did. They want us to trick us like they did me and make us think it's struck so well having it be the stalker. Okay. But the way it was played out, it just kind of felt all over the place to me for a first time watch. Okay. So maybe if I watched it again, knowing where it was going, it wouldn't feel that way, but I don't know. This one was more of an it can wait. It can wait. Okay.
0: All right. Well, yeah, bound to happen. Not all of them are winners. I actually really, really enjoyed this episode a lot. I made a point to say that I wanted to watch it with you because of said mystery, I love mysteries. I love whodunits. Like, give me something to try and figure out. I love watching that stuff played out. But it's also for me as a good reminder that humans can also be scary too and evil and bad. Mm -hmm. And yes, this is a show about supernatural stuff, but it is a lesson learned. You know, humans are bad too. And it's fun once in a while to kind of toy around how they would handle a human predator. You know, we took out Miss Hellfire... They felt bad for like five minutes, but they did kill a human. Honestly, like, honest, like, how do you deal with that? It's sometimes fun to kind of, you know, you know, experiment with that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and you're right. This episode was really cool for how horror esque it was, mm-hmm. and I do like, like you said, that it was a human stalker. So yeah. that was that was interesting.
0: Okay. So, um, a couple of notes from this episode that I thought were interesting. Uh, the original air date of this episode is November 2nd, 2000, which according to the Hollowell's family tree, that was Phoebe's birthday. Oh, yeah. They didn't even mention that. (laughs) I know. Right. Um, Prue was able to untie herself without looking at the rope oh yeah interesting uh she also had sent abby flying with the squint of her eyes even though she was blind so i don't know is that calls for shenanigans or just her power is growing to a certain degree i mean we don't usually see too much of it remember when she slammed the door without looking at it Mm -hmm. way back when um so yeah what do you think
1: I think we can say it's her powers growing because she's done other stuff in the past that we haven't been able to explain, but it's canon.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and then it says, you have a story. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we recapped it. We found out if it was worth the wait. We did notes. Oh, it's time for Hot Man Meetup. All right, Sean, we have three possible people to put on our hot man meter list. Let's do Troxa first. Rick Hurst. Does Troxa make your top 10 this week? Do you think he does? He is fine as fuck. (laughs) Oh, my God. Just that jawline. Like, fuck Rick Hurst. I want to put the jawline on my top 10. (laughs) He is fine as shit.
1: Yeah, he makes it. Oh my god!
0: Right over. What was his name? The ambulance guy. Oh, um, the well, the paramedic. Paramedic. Okay, right. So under. Wait. So over the paramedic. Whoa. Wait. Let me bring up my list. Yeah, I was about to say who. Wow, he's that low on on your list.
1: I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. He's gonna go right over Cole.
0: Oh, okay. So, Troxa goes over Cole, making him number s- five. Yep. Number five. Okay. Right under Brian Krause, though. You think Brian Krause still has got it? He still does it for me. Okay. No, that's cool. Troxa is making my fucking list. I don't know. What is it about? Like, So, the little amount of facial hair and the way that it is just positioned on his face. I don't know. And It looks good. He just has this young look about god this man is so hot i yeah but i'm having trouble because i love my owl so much <laughs> i don't know if he should go over him or not and then there's cole so cole's hot and i've watched nip tuck which is why he's still number one on my list right now but like Trotsa really did it for me tonight i don't okay i think he's gonna go He's going under the... I can't. The, Christopher the Owl is still just a dreamboat to me. I just love his personality. The, I guess because he's good too. So Trox is number three. Okay. He's going under Cole and Christopher the Owl. I just... I just. Yeah, but yeah, he's hot. Now we have Eddie Cahill, a.k.a. Sean. Now, Eddie Cahill has shown up on some stuff. Again, on Friends, but he's shown up on a lot of other stuff. He is very recognizable. And I'm telling you... I've never seen him this young in such a long time. It was so funny to see his face. The man grows up to be such a beautiful specimen. He is, he's really cute. But does young Eddie K. Hill do it for you? Even though. With his 90s hair and his bangs. I don't like his 90s hair and <laughs>
1: his bangs. He's still going to make it because okay. he does have a good face. Yeah. I'm going to put him.
0: Right under Troxa. Okay. Making him number six. Now, um, yeah, wait till you see him on Friends. He is a dream, but oh my god, he's so cool on Friends. I love him on Friends. He is making my list as well, but he is actually gonna go under the paramedic. No, no, no. He's going he's going under Daryl. That's where I'm gonna put him. Under Daryl. But he's cuter than Leo. I put him wow. over, Le- yeah. I put him over Leo, but he goes under Daryl. Okay. Yeah. Then we have our last contestant, Nick Meanie, aka the Snake Hunter, aka Steve Irwin impersonator. Does he make your top ten this week?
1: You know what? I don't really like snakes, so no.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the Snake Hunter does not make on my list either. But I think you and I, Sean, we have a total of nine people on our top ten list. We're
1: man crazy.
0: Yeah, and we're only on episode four or five. Five. God, this is so bad. So, yeah, it's going to be really difficult um, coming up because I already know some of the people that are going to come up soon. All right, so we've talked about the men of the hour. What about our ladies? Where's all
1: my soul sisters? Let me hear your flow, sisters.
0: Who got MVP this week, Sean? I'm having trouble with this one. This was a really tough one. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Like, Phoebe was hilarious, as always. I didn't, I'm so sorry to hear that because I did not see anything. She's always walking in on pitches. (laughs) She's always walking in on people. I love it. Yeah. But, you know, Prue, again, looking hot with the clothes. I mean, she literally got stalked. Obviously, she's like the shit. But then my Piper, when she came in to save the day, that just upped her point value. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and what really did it for me for Phoebe is that outfit in the end when she's... Oh, I oh, didn't talk in, about that. In the red. When yeah. she kisses Cole and he kisses with his eyes open. <laughs> Fucking weirdo.
0: That is Break not weird. Now. There are people who like to kiss with their no, eyes open. No, it's
1: weird. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give it to... You Help me make my decision. Okay. Because even though Phoebe looked hot, Piper let me borrow this top. So... <laughs> I just love saying that Uh, because Piper was a badass. Like she stopped the bullet and just pushed it aside.
0: I just, again, she stood out to me. Yeah, I'm giving it to Piper too. She just, again, with the whole air conditioning thing, like it's cold. I don't care what anybody's talking about. Let's address what I noticed. (laughs) And and just her save the day moment. And, you know, as soon as I fire her ass, I was like (laughs) so funny. But yeah, no, I think Piper really outdid herself on this one her paranoia was kind of annoying but again i still love her all right so between us piper gets mvp congrats now charmies make sure you guys are keeping up your list now we're on episode five we gotta keep our list updated because doing it all at once sucks trust me i know um i will be asking for a list of your own to put together the ultimate Charmy hot man meter list so um i always look forward to those lists each year or each season excuse me uh so make sure to keep up with that now sean you have a job to do i need you to tell me what prim rose empath episode six is about
1: easy we're gonna have poison ivy on the show <laughs> No, I definitely think it's going to be something to do with someone who can control plants, sense plants, something with plants.
0: Okay. Primrose empath about plants. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we will find out next week if Sean's theory is correct. Sean, I have a little bit of a tease for you. Next week, guest starring is a Buffy alum. (gasps) Ah! exciting you want to take a gander on who it could be uh, gander um here's another clue season three season three mm-hmm.
1: are they just on season three
0: i'm not saying anymore
1: is it seth green just
0: name somebody i'm not gonna tell you but just, just name named seth, seth green oh so you think it's seth green's yeah. gonna get star and charmed
1: yeah we'll go with that (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: all right charmies thank you guys for listening to our episode we hope you had a lot of fun there was a lot of relationship talk today this is what i love i love these type of episodes we just talk about the siblings and the sisters and the love in the air i love it all right so this was a fun one for me hopefully you guys liked it sean say goodbye to the folks goodbye
1: everybody